Father God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that we can be in this space together this morning and we get to worship. We bring our whole selves. I wonder, just as a, just as a posture this morning, why don't you put your hand on your heart or put your hands out? Father, will you reveal who you are this morning to us? Lord, I pray that heaven would touch earth in this space right now as we come. As we glorify and worship you. You are the focus of our attention. You are the posture of our heart. Our our adoration and our worship is towards you. So in this moment, we just give you our whole worship. We give you our whole selves. We worship you. We come with expectant faith that you're not restricted and as many as the needs are in this room as many as the emotions are in this room God will you just come and meet with each person so we invite your Holy Spirit just sweep through this place pour out your presence worship our King. Come let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. chain oh god you have done great things we dance in your freedom awake and alive oh jesus our savior your name lifted high oh god you have done great things oh you've been faithful through every storm You'll be faithful forevermore. God, you do great things. And I know that you'll do it again. Your promise is yes and amen. God, you do great things. God, you do great things. Oh, oh hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God. You have done great things. Oh hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. Unfailing love. 
that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross. You laid down your life, that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. darkness his love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth in holy thunder who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you lay down your mind that i would be set free oh jesus i sing for all that you've done for me to order who makes the orphan the son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the king of love for kings oh this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place lord that you would bear my cross you lay down your life that i would be set free oh jesus i sing for all that you've done for me the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You lay down your life That I would be set free Whoa, Jesus, I sing for All that you've done for me Cause this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you lay down your life that i would be set free oh jesus i sing for all that you've done for me
death could not win. Trust in the Lord, His mercy never fails. Hope in the Lord, for He is good. Trust in the Lord, His grace. live to a different story, don't we? We live to a different narrative. Let me just read this to you. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth. The visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers, authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. And by him, all things hold together. By him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body that is the church. In the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him, to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds, expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy faultless and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard, this gospel 
that is proclaimed in all creation under heaven. We live to a different story. This past year has been a narrative that shaped us. But God's still in control. Whatever it is you're going through right now, God is in control. He is before all things. And I want to declare right now, in Him all things hold together. That's why we worship Him. That's why we declare Him the King of Kings. In Him all things hold together. He holds you. He holds you. He loves you. He's with you. And the aim of this morning is simply for us as a community to gather and we're going to take communion. You can take your seats if you like. We're going to take communion. I just felt really strongly that as the first time we gather back together physically in over a year, Jesus needs to be at the center, taking communion. So hopefully you've all got communion with you. That's going to be the focus of the morning. The focus of our time together is to take communion. If you haven't got communion stuff with you, maybe just uh, raise your hand and we can make sure that some emergency rations <laughs> are sent your way. It's nice to see what the different things that everybody's bought. I remember as a, we, were young, we were a youth group and we, we did uh, a group in the Anglican church and we, we decided we were going to do communion with pizza and Coke. We really upset the curate that week. Good grief. <laughs> I think he came around when he realized at the end he had to finish it all off though. <laughs> I think Ben, you can just keep playing. Is that all right? I'm just going to speak for a few moments, and for anyone who knows me, we hope it's a few moments. But as I said, communion is this moment where we orientate ourselves around the story, around Jesus, and who he is and what he's done. And I think as we come out of having had a dominant story in our lives this past year, isn't it good just to be able to come back and remind ourselves of who Jesus is, that he holds all things together. And he hasn't stopped holding all things together. If you've got a Bible or a device, just, um, and if you're juggling communion, that's fine, don't worry. I think it might, it, no, it probably won't come up on the screen. No, Phil, you stay there, mate, don't matter. I want to just read from you, uh, to you from Luke 24. Probably one of my favorite moments in the Gospels where... Um, Cleopas, one of the disciples, is uh, walking out of Jerusalem on a road towards a place called Emmaus, about a 10-kilometer walk, and uh, he's with a friend who's not named, um, and, and it's three days since Jesus has been crucified and buried in a tomb. They've heard rumblings that these women went to the tomb and, uh, and Jesus' body wasn't there, but they're, they're confused, they're lost, they're, they're, they're hopeless. Everything they put their hope in seems dead. Everything they thought made sense no longer makes sense. And they're journeying and they're, they're walking and, and they're just processing everything they've been through. They're just sharing uh, the, the story of everything that's been going on. Uh, and who knows that a good walk can help you process some stuff. And uh, as they're walking along, they're talking and somebody joins them on the journey, on the walk. And starts asking them what's been happening, what's been taking place and they're baffled. As they've been leaving Jerusalem, how, have you not, how do you not know what's been going on? Where have you been? Uh, this guy, Jesus, who's just uh, revolutionary changed everything, has been crucified uh, and is dead in a tomb. How can you not know what is going on? And um, there's a moment where uh, they, it says in, the, in, in Luke 24 that they're kept from recognizing him. And if you struggle to see Jesus in this past year, and if you had moments in this past year where you've gone, Jesus, I'm not sure where you are in the midst of everything we're going through. 
I have. When we've been walking this path, going, I'm not sure I can see you, Jesus. And you tell me you're stood right next to me and you say you're talking to me, but I, I can't hear that it's you and I can't see you. It says that as they're walking, they're, that they, they don't recognize him. I wonder if it's because their emotions are so high. They're, they're desperate, they're sad, they're lost, they, they're confused. I know for me, my emotions over this past year have sometimes caused me to struggle to see Jesus. Because emotions are real, aren't they? God's gifted us with emotions. But sometimes the emotions can be so strong that, that fear starts to cloud our ability to see Jesus. I'm reminded of the disciples who were in the boat, you know, and the storm rages, there's fear. And who do they think is coming towards them? They think it's a ghost coming towards them. They don't recognize that it's Jesus in those emotions. I also think that Jesus doesn't do what we expect him to do. God never does what we expect him to do. Jesus is dead in a tomb. The disciples thought, this is going to be our saviour who will stop Rome from oppressing us, set us free, but now he's dead in a tomb. God never does what we expect him to do. God so often works through unexpected ways, like 18 months of a pandemic where we think all hope is lost, everything is, there's despair everywhere, but God's been forming something. That within us as a church, within you as individuals, God's been forming something through this season and we may not understand it right now as we sit here but let me tell you as we journey in to all that God has for us some of those things will start to be revealed that he was forming in us through this past season and it's not until they reach Emmaus that they begin to see who Jesus is and it's a moment let me read it to you in Luke 24 verse 28 it says they came near the village where they were going, and he, this is Jesus, gave the impression that he wasn't going to go any farther with them. See, Jesus never will force himself on anyone. He'll journey with people and walk on, waiting for people to say, no, Jesus, I, I want to be with you. This morning, Jesus, we want to be with you. But they urged him, stay with us, because it's almost evening and now the day is almost over. So he went in and stayed with them. And when he was reclining at the table with them, he took bread blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. So often my experience. You see Jesus and then you struggle to see him again. And then you see him and then you struggle to see him. They said to each other, weren't our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us? That very hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those uh, with them... Uh, gathered together who said the Lord has truly been raised and appeared to Simon then they began to describe what happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread I love this moment Cleopas and another unnamed disciple their eyes are opened there's a moment of clarity when things start to make sense you ever have one of those moments maybe it's when you started following Jesus it's when your eyes were opened and things start to make sense for Cleopas and his friend, the moment their eyes are opened is a bread moment. Thank you, Jess, for making this fantastic loaf of bread that we're going to consume for lunch. <laughs> but it's a bread moment. It's this moment where it says in verse 30 that Jesus reclined at the table and it said he took the bread and he blessed the bread and he broke the bread and he gave the bread to them. If you jump back a couple of chapters into Luke 22, it's the moment of the Last Supper. It's the moment that we remember what we're going to do in a few moments together. And uh, it says in that moment, when they're in that upper room, exactly the same thing. It says that Jesus took a cup. He said, this is my blood. Poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. And then he said, and this bread, in verse 19 of Luke 22 and it said and he took the bread and he gave the bread and he broke the bread and he gave it to them saying this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me and that's what we're going to do in a few moments this has been freshly baked isn't it it's lovely and warm did you bake this this morning wow <laughs> it says do this in remembrance of me do you notice something significant between Luke 22 and Luke 24 
It's something significant that we see in both. And it's what Jesus does. It says, he took the bread, he blessed the bread, he broke the bread, and he gave the bread. Four things that Jesus does with that bread that causes the disciples on the Emmaus Road to recognize him and for their eyes to be opened. Four things that he does. Four things that reveal who Jesus is. Four things that I actually think reveal who we are in Jesus. Let me just unpack these four things, then we're going to take communion. It says, number one, that he took the bread. Do you know that you've been taken from the dominion of darkness and you've been placed into the dominion of light? That if you follow Jesus in this moment, no longer are you defined by the stuff that you've done wrong that keeps you from God. You've been taken. Just as Jesus took that loaf. Another word that I might want to use would be chosen. Throughout this whole year, there is not a moment where you have not been chosen by God. No matter what you've experienced through your life, You've been chosen by God. I wonder if you remember being in school. Did you ever play sport in school on the playgrounds and everyone queued up waiting to be selected for the team? And the two, like we'd play football and the two best footballers were always the captains. And you'd just stand there going, oh, please don't be last. I don't care where I come as long as I'm not last. Yes, thank goodness for that. And one of the captains would choose you to be on their team. Maybe for you, you carry those feelings of having been chosen last. Or like, you weren't really chosen. You're like, yeah, well, you come on my team then, come on. We carry those feelings, don't we? Because everybody wants to be chosen. In God, we're chosen. It says in Ephesians 1, 4, it says, For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He chose us. You know, whatever happens in your life, you're chosen. Jesus lived from this identity. This was the foundation of who Jesus was. It's baptism. The, the father speaks over him and says, this is my son. You're chosen. In this moment, you're a child of God. You have been chosen. I want to smack this home as far as I can because over this last year, everything has made us think, I'm not sure I am who I am. I'm not sure everything that I thought made sense no longer makes sense. I want to make something really clear to every single one of us. You are chosen. You're loved. You're the apple of his eye. Before anything else, you're chosen. The Bible would use the language of adoption. You've been adopted. Romans 8, verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You don't need to live in that place anymore. Do you know why? Because you've received the spirit of adoption. When we live with that as the foundation of who we are, it changes everything. You have been chosen. You've been adopted so we can cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if God's children, listen to this, also heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we suffer with him so we may also be glorified with him you're not a statistic you're not a number you've been chosen adopted you know when my kids go to bed Bella will remember this when they were really young I did it the other night to see if they could remember it and they did but I used to say, I'll take Bella as an example, she'd be lying in bed and I said, you know what, if all the little girls in the world lined up in front of me, do you know who I'd choose to be my daughter? Who would I choose? I'd choose you. Every single time. And if all the little boys in the world lined up, do you know who I'd choose to be my son? Reuben, every single time. That's what God's thoughts are towards you. You've been chosen. In the midst of a year where we might have felt lost, lost at sea without any hope, you have been chosen. Jesus took the bread. We have to have that as our identity before anything else. It says he took the bread. And then it says he blessed the bread. At Jesus' baptism, the Father speaks blessing over Jesus, doesn't he? He says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. There's the blessing. Not only are you a child of God, but God is pleased with you. Even on your worst day, God is pleased with you. All of us want to know a blessing, don't we? 
And we might look around and we see people in our life and go, they're clearly blessed. A little bit blessed more than maybe I am. We need to be reminded that we're chosen and we're blessed. I can have days where I convince myself that I'm not chosen and I'm not blessed. But God, by his spirit, is whispering past our failures, past the things that we've done, past the false self that we so massively present to everybody around us to say, we've got it all together, past whatever shame we carry, and he whispers over you, you're blessed. And that passage from Romans that I just read, says the Spirit himself, in verse 16 of chapter 8, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children. We are God's children. That's what the Spirit is doing right now. If you stop and listen, the Spirit is whispering to your spirit, you're chosen, you're my child. We're blessed because we're chosen. We're not blessed because everything goes the way we want it to. We're not blessed because this month you'll get an extra £100 in your pay packet. You're blessed because you're a child of God. Blessing in Scripture means you are in a position to receive God's favor. That's what it means to be blessed. That because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, you are now in a position to receive the favor of God. His grace, his forgiveness, his passion, his love towards you. You are now my child. That's what it means to be blessed. Even though the dictionary gets it better than most Christians do. The dictionary says the primary definition of being blessed in the dictionary to be made holy. That we're made holy through who Jesus is, what he has done, that he who knew no sin became sin so we could become right with God. We're put into a place of receiving his favor. You are blessed. Do you know, for, for, for generations in this building, at the end of services, there's been something called a benediction spoken out. Benediction is... A Latin word that means it's bene and diction. Diction meaning words, bene meaning good. Good words. Good words are spoken out. The father speaks over the son. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. He speaks the blessing over the children. God's speaking. In fact, he's singing over you, Zephaniah 3.17 tells us. Good words. There's a writer called Henry Nguyen that I really love to read and he was telling an account once where he was giving a benediction at the end of a, of a service with the community that he led. He leads a community of, of uh, uh, physical and mentally disabled people in Canada before he died. And he was, he was ending the service and the group of 30 that were in this room, one of the, the women, a woman called Janet, shouts out, I want a blessing as he's about to give the benediction. And he, he gives a sign of the cross or something just to kind of dismiss it. She went, no, 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 I don't mean one of them. They don't work. I want a real blessing. He doesn't know what to do. Hasn't got a clue. So he shouts out to everybody, Janet wants a real blessing. I'm trying to figure out in that moment, you know, how we do, we delay. Don't we just blag it until you kind of figure out what you're doing. Story of my life anyway. <laughs> Janet stands up and starts to walk towards him. And she just, he's got one of those, you know, like the, the gowns, big white gown. And she just puts her arms around Henry. And he gathers her, his arms around her, big sleeves, gives her a big hug. And he says, Janet, I want you to know that you are God's beloved daughter. You're precious in God's eyes. And you're deeply loved by your father. He said, in that moment, Janet looked up, big beaming smile and said, that's a real blessing. And went back to her seat. All the other people in the room started shouting, I want a real blessing, I want a real blessing. That's the blessing that God has got for you. That he speaks over your life, you're my child, you're chosen, you're blessed. And that has to be the foundation of who we are. Throughout this past year, if we've lost that as our foundation, nothing else will make sense. Everything else I'm about to say in this next four hours will not make sense, four minutes, will not make sense if we don't have that as our foundation. As we come out of this pandemic, whatever this looks like, whatever we step into, none of it's going to make sense. As we look back on what God has done and what's happened through this past year, none of it will make any sense if the foundation is not, I am chosen and I am blessed, full stop. That, that's where I've got to start. Because what then Jesus says is, he says, he took the bread, he chose the bread, he blessed the bread, and then it says he broke the bread. 
He rips the bread apart. He broke the bread. See, the reality of us and who we are in Jesus is, yes, we are, we are chosen, absolutely. Yes, we are blessed. But there's a brokenness as well. There's a breaking that comes. This past year has been a breaking for so many. Remember, the journey of Jesus himself is one where he is on the cross, broken. Can those of us that follow Jesus expect to live a different life to Jesus? That we're not going to experience brokenness. We're not going to experience those moments of being ripped apart. But if we start to live in that reality that everything's broken, it's all fallen apart, without understanding that first you are chosen, you are blessed, then that breaking will not make any sense. Make no sense to us whatsoever. And we'll give up thinking that God's punishing us. He doesn't really love me. Me being broken is proof that God really doesn't care. But when we realize that we're chosen, that we're blessed, our brokenness becomes part of a much bigger story, bigger narrative. One where the cross says, through this moment of brokenness, we can know the Father's love. Without Jesus being broken, we're lost at sea. Without fruit being buried, sorry, without seed being buried, no fruit is formed. Going through pain is not our punishment. This past year has not been God's punishment for sin. Let me tell you, that was poured out completely in its entirety on Jesus on the cross. I'm not going to devalue the cross. Jesus poured out, sorry, God poured out all of his wrath against sin on Jesus in, on the cross. This year has not been God's punishment for sin. But we know that the cross moment leads to Emmaus moments where people's eyes are opened. It's my prayer for this season. It's not easy and no one desires it. We can find it hard to deal with our brokenness, but we've all got broken places, places of disappointment, wounds, pain, sadness, grief. We suffer. And we can come to Jesus who knows the agony of our brokenness and we sit with him, we weep with him, we shout at him. And through it all, we know we're loved by him because we're chosen and we're blessed. So being broken is not evidence that God has rejected you, but it's proof that you're walking with Jesus. When I know that that breaking is wrapped up and surrounded by the truth that I'm chosen, I'm blessed. Changes what's happening in that moment. So it says, Jesus took the bread, he chose it. He blessed the bread. He broke the bread. He said he gave the bread. You can have some of the bread, Simon. He gave the bread. Freely you've received, freely you give. We're blessed to be a blessing. Jesus who came to, to not be served, but to serve, giving his life as a ransom for many. Even in his moment of biggest brokenness as he hangs on the cross, where's his thoughts? Disciples, will you look after my mother? Father, will you forgive them for they don't know what they're doing? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Even in his most broken moment, Jesus' thoughts are towards others because he came to give. When we gather as a church, when we exist as a church, we exist for the sake of each other. You being here this morning, you might have thought, I've come for me to have a great time between me and God. And that's exactly what I'll, I pray will happen and God's spirit will move. But we're here for each other. We're here for generations to come that we will never meet. We're here for people in our town that need to hear the sound of singing resounding in the streets. I don't mean like a West Side Story kind of singing. Please. I mean, we can get a little dance routine going if we want, but I don't mean that. I mean the sound of hope-filled, faith-filled people living a life consumed by the fact that I am chosen, I am blessed. And in my brokenness, it doesn't stop God's love. I can give. And we don't start with giving. If we do, then we just burn out and get frustrated and get angry. But we start with the place of I'm chosen, I'm blessed. Wow, brokenness is a part of my story. But even in that moment, I give. It's the story of who Jesus is and it's the story of who he's calling us to be as his followers. We give to the heart of Jesus. It's the heart of those who follow Jesus. It's the core of what we do. The pattern around this table 
needs to inform the pattern away from the table. He chose. Blessed. Broken. Given. And so what I would like to do right now is I just want to give an opportunity. Before we come and take communion, David's going to lead us into communion in a few minutes. Why don't you just posture your heart right now before God as an act of worship. Young, old. Why don't we just invite God right now just to come and meet with us. Let's have, let's have an expectation, a, 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 a posture of faith in this moment that says, God, we just invite you. Why don't you just come and meet with me right now. Maybe you need to know right now You're chosen. God's desire to choose you is greater than your ability to to disqualify yourself. God's for you more than your ability to write yourself off. You're chosen. Spirit of God, we just come and just some wounds of rejection. Just come by your spirit and bring some healing right now. Where the very one person that said they loved you left you. is not reflective of the God that you worship even though they worshipped that God you're chosen for others maybe you need to know the reality that you're blessed in this moment by your spirit right now God will you just just stir hearts to know they're blessed just by your presence right now come Holy Spirit Maybe for others right now, you're going through brokenness. Fear of that brokenness, of what it might be, the, the reaction to that brokenness, and the anxiety of, of all the, this, maybe this past year has just been one of brokenness. Maybe this past season has been one of brokenness. He's with you walking on that road even when you can't see him. Your ability to see him or not is not reflective as his ability to be God. The fact they couldn't recognize him didn't stop him being Jesus. Didn't stop the fact that even though they couldn't see him, he was still walking with them. He's with you. And he gave, he gave himself. Gave himself for you. David, would you come and lead us into communion? Thank you. Thank you, John. Isn't it wonderful to know that we are chosen when we know that we are chosen we are loved it's enough because Jesus is enough he's always enough and just as Jesus was broken 
sorrowing on the cross. Didn't want to be there. No, but he, he, he came in obedience to the Father, broken for us. So it's so good to know that when we are broken, we have Jesus and he always brings us closer. And you know, I've written down here because I was thinking about this yesterday. We believers need to constantly in these times remind ourselves with gratitude to God that everything we have including our salvation, comes from his sovereign hand. Everything. And I happened to see a poem yesterday. I was reminded of it. Uh, from an, I don't know who the poet was, but it's this verse. He said, Bike of the bread is the snowy flower. And back of the flower is the mill. And back of the back of the mill is the field of wheat, the rain, and the Father's will. This is the love of God in everything. So it's so great this morning as we come back uh, to worship in person, uh, in the flesh, as it were, and to see each other. It's a joyful thing. And I'm eager that we do that which we've been commanded to do in remembrance of him. I'm reading from Matthew's Gospel. It's um, chapter 26, verses 26 to 29. And it's where Jesus came together with his disciples in that upper room for his last Passover meal. On the same day that he himself would become the once for all Passover lamb, so that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have eternal life. And this is what Matthew says. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Let us break bread together. Lord, I give thanks for your broken body, broken for us. The blessing, eternal God, our Father, King of the universe, who causes bread to come forth. From the earth. Let us eat the bread together. Matthew says, and he took a cup and gave thanks and gave to them, saying, drink ye all of it. For this is my blood, which is poured out for many unto remission of sins. But I say unto you, I shall not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it you with you in my Father's kingdom. Father, we give grateful thanks for the cup of redemption, representing the lifeblood of the Lamb, the only begotten, shed for us, his chosen. Let's drink the cup together.
to you, our Lord. So we declare. So we worship. We declare that you are God. You are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. And we're going to declare that in a few moments. We're going to declare that in as safe a way as we possibly can. Hands raised, stamping feet is allowed. <laughs> Let me just read this as a benediction. I pray that Jesus may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the width, the height, the depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. That's our God. Even in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of walking along a path, not being able to see him, know that we are chosen, we are blessed. Yes, we go through brokenness. But he gave himself and we give that love to those around us. So let's just declare. Let's let the streets resound with the sound of singing of who our God is. We can stamp and we can clap. We can let the worship team get as loud as they want to get. We're going to declare just once more. Let's just declare who our God is. And then we'll let everybody go. Because you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. God, you reign. You are King of kings, Lord of lords. You hold all things together. 
And so as we leave this place, we know we don't leave your presence. God, I just pray right now, would you fill each one of us up to overflowing. Fill us up and send us out to be faith-filled. Beacons of hope. To shine light in dark places wherever we find ourselves. To speak life and hope and your love into people's lives. That we can give of that because we've received that from you. So fill us up now with your spirit. For your glory. To see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And everybody said under their masks, nice and safely, in one voice, amen. 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 Guys, I want to thank you for being here today. And kids, well done. Isn't it fantastic to have some kids in the building as well? And just amazingly well behaved, well done. And hopefully we'll get kids' work going again as soon as we can and be able to have all of that fun. Um, Just to let you know that we are gathering again at the end of uh, June. Yeah, we're May, aren't we? The end of June. Uh, So the last Sunday in June we'll be gathering. And then from July we'll be able to use this building every other week. Uh, So in July we'll be on the, the second and the fourth Sunday of the month, and we're going to share a little bit more about what we just sense God is calling us into as a community through this season, but just so you're aware what's happening. Hopefully, uh, there won't be any restrictions next month. Um, We are going to plan a service with restrictions, uh, and then if there's none, then we can remove those, but um, we will plan for restrictions, but hope there won't be, Uh, so bear with us while we navigate all of that. But thank you so much for being here. Uh, It's been so great just to be in the same room, isn't it? just worshipping together. Uh, And so keep safe and have a blessed week, everyone. See you online next week. Do we want one?